Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Jason McAllister of Cloverleaf Animal Welfare Systems to talk about why education is key to success in animal welfare programs. Welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this with you. Animal welfare is an ever-evolving conversation in the industry. I was at the Animal Welfare Symposium two years ago now. Just COVID made everything crazy. And uh, we're learning. We're learning a lot. And I'm excited to have you on to talk about what you know. And so if you could start off by just introducing yourself and your background, that'd be great. Well, I'm Jason McAllister. I'm a co-owner of uh, Cloverleaf Animal Welfare Systems. Um, I am originally from California, kind of spent my time between Iowa and California, so I kind of understand both sides of that um, uh, that <laughs> scheme there between the, the two um, different cultures, you might say. I uh, have started in the industry in 93 um, with a small company called IBP, maybe you've heard of them. Um, before that, I did work in our with my family's butcher shop there in Gilbertville, Iowa. Shout out G Town, right? Uh, so since then, I've worked with um, Tyson, of course, that and um, uh, Triumph Foods and Seaboard. Um, since then, we started Cloverleaf in 2017. Uh, my partner uh, Lauren Davis, she joined me in uh, 2020. We've kind of expanded from here all the way across the Americas and soon to be in Europe. So that's exciting. So what do you do today specifically? What does your your day to day look like? Uh, I tell people that I I either get to do what I love, which is doing the teaching, the education, or I'm a fire extinguisher putting out fires for various <laughs> various companies and and uh, and folks. One of the things that we do. Uh, is provide animal welfare management services, education, and um, you know the the entire management of the process for companies large and small across across the Americas currently. So um, I, I spend quite a bit of my time answering phones and and uh, putting out fire. So in regards to animal welfare, kind of set the stage, provide context. Where are we today, and where do we want to be? How do we assess ourselves? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think where we are today is really in a good spot. I mean, being able to travel around and uh, visit um, places all, all around the world. In fact, that's why people ask me, oh, what do you do? You get to go to all these places. And I say, yeah, and then I go straight to a slaughterhouse or a farm. So way, way <laughs> up in the most exciting tourist traps you've ever been to. Uh, I've driven by a lot of really neat places. That's what I tell people. Um, but we um we as an industry i think in the us 
we're, we're strictly talking about the U.S., are are in a great position. We we have some of the best um, sets of regulations and the way that we do things um, are, are, for example, a common swine industry audit, you know, is one of the best tools that I've found around the world. Um, TQA, TQA, th- these, these training t- tools and modules are, are some of the best things that are out there. Um, they're, they're balanced. And, and that's one of the things that you don't always find in, in all of the systems that we, that we see throughout the, throughout the world. But um, so kudos to those those systems and, and being in, in good shape. Um, I, I think that how we assess ourselves is really important, though. I, I, we get divided sometimes into um, all different factions or branches of, of the same uh, of the same part of this industry. And the industry is pork production. Right, We're making pork for consumers. We're, we're not making pork for packing houses. Packing houses aren't aren't making pork for farmers. We're we're making pork as an industry for consumers, and we have to kind of consider that as a you know fully integrated. That that's the big uh, buzzword, and everything's going on right now is full full integration, right? Well, whether you're fully integrated as a single entity or whether you're fully integrated as a as a uh, system, right? As a production system. It's important to realize that we all have our own part to play in this role, and we all have to work within the boundaries of each other's, um, you know, boundaries, I guess you could say. We have to make sure that we are thinking as an, as an entire group and not just in our individualized stuff. We get to, uh, we get to thinking that uh, packers need this and producers want this or don't want this or can't do that or won't do this, you know, it, it, it tends to take away from the really good thing that we have going on. And, um, it hurts the unified story. It, 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 you know, it really is. And it really should be. I think if we are going to, um, project that unified story out to the consumers, right. So the end, the end of what we're doing, the, the basis for all of everything we're doing here, we're going to project that out. We, we need to become unified and get an understanding of, of all of that. And I think that, like the beginning of this topic, education is the key at all levels, right? We have to educate from the farm. We have to, Joe, the hired man that goes out and checks, and, and checks feeders every day, right? He has to know as much about the system as, you know, John, the, the, uh, the farm manager, and Jane the production manager for the, for that whole, uh, you know, flow or whatever's going on. Everybody has to be understanding of that. Now the trucker has to understand what's happening in between and the packer has to understand, you know, the entire process. And, and by educating both sides, you know, and in the middle, don't forget the middle. That's one of the things that gets uh, missed quite a bit is the transportation sector. We can educate that fully across about what each other's needs under uh, understand how it works best and how we can both work together or all work together to produce that safe quality pork product for the end consumer on our terms, on, on the way that in a way that is both beneficial for the consumer, the animal and the producer. Right. I mean, that's the goal. 
Mm-hmm. We have to, we want to have a safe quality product, but we can't sacrifice um, production goals, right? We can't sacrifice the animal's welfare and we can't sacrifice the safety of, of the, of the end product um, and in any of those things. And so I think circling back to my original comment, we have a really good system of doing that. We've got some really good tools in our tool belt for making that happen in the, in the U S. You had spoken about unity as a system or as an industry. What about within animal welfare, study of it, practice of it, teaching and education around it? Are we unified around what it means to have great welfare? I think on a philosophical level, we are. Uh, When we talk about those things um, in big groups, I think that we absolutely are. And we've, I've been blessed to be a part of a lot of these big groups that of decision makers for the industry uh, that are making those, you know, those great tools that we talk about. Um, And I think that, when we when we talk about it as a whole, we we are. But when we start breaking it down into areas of responsibility, sometimes that muddies the waters up a little bit, and people start to get a little bit draw back into their own safety net. Gotcha. So, how do we identify opportunity as an industry as it pertains to animal welfare? Well, that's that's a great question, and you know. It, it kind of has two edges on that question. One of them, if you look at it from the progressive, right, I'm, I'm doing quote fingers there for the radio listeners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we look at it from the progressive side, you know, what are we doing to get better? What are we doing to get better? What are we changing? How are we improving things is, is one way. And another way is what are we doing that's already the best? So. I think that if we're going to look at that from a singular perspective is what are we doing that's the best and how do we tell everybody that there's there's no need to um, do it because here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, and here's the outcome of that. So I think the biggest problem with the progressive, and we're back to quote fingers with progressive again, um, agenda sometimes is misunderstanding of what actually is going on, right? The reason we put sows into individual um, holding stall or, you know, insemination and gestation, these types of things. If we can explain there's a very good reason that we do those things. And it's, it's not to, you know, be 100% more profitable. It's about the welfare of the animal in some cases and in, in most cases. So um, if we can be, you know, all unified in our approach, how we're doing things, why we're doing things, and what the outcome is, and then how we explain that, I think that we are as, as progressive, we're probably more progressive than they want. We just have to do a better job of explaining <laughs> what it is that we do. I love that, the maybe we're more progressive than they want. I was having some conversations with some postal consumers. And I was asking them about traceability. You know, everybody's talking lately about what would it mean to go up to a, a meat, a meat, uh, meat counter and, and scan your, scan your pork and, and know about it, know about your food. And they were like, yeah, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to know, uh, know about your food. I'm like, how much you want to know about your food? And they're like, well, don't tell me who it is. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to know the pig. 
Like I won't be able to eat it then. <laughs> and it's like, as an industry, we're constantly talking about, we're going to have this awesome sheet of transparency. We're going to get all the way to the pig. They're like, no, like, I don't care if I know the corn stock, it's a corn stock. But if I know the individual pig, now I've just identified an individual and I can't eat that. So understanding that, you know, yeah, they want something we view as progressive, but if we work this the wrong way, we can overdo ourselves and even make it worse. That's, that's absolutely right. And I think the thing to remember is the main body of our consumers are reasonable individuals who, mm-hmm. who only want what is reasonable to them. They're, they're, they're not the extremist. You know, uh, there, there are extremists in every group, of course, on both sides of the fence. It doesn't matter where you go, but the general main body of our consumers, they just want safe quality pork that they can feel good about eating, you know, and I, and I don't think that that's too much for them to ask. The, the, the problem that our industry faces is that we just, we have to figure out how to make that information widely available to those consumers. Well, the lack of understanding has created a, a, a pathway for fear and fear tactics on the other side. And so a lot of these right-minded individuals are just, just scared, scared of being taken advantage of on either end. And they're just looking for somebody that they can trust and believe in. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, um, consistency is going to be the, um, you know, the path forward with that. And I think that if we can, can consistently you know, show that we have a, a good um, product that's safe and raised humanely uh, across the board. Like I said before, with the three phase, here's what we do, here's why we do it, and here's the outcome of, of what happens. Mm-hmm. Then I think that we we will achieve our goal. Um, I know that everybody on on the production side, the swine side of everything is is really um, I don't want to say upset, but really, you know, concerned about Prop 12. And um, as far as I'm concerned, um, that boat has sailed. And, and what we need to be thinking about is Prop 13 or 14 or 15. And that's, you know, just figuratively. But seriously, we have to, as an industry, remember that we are going to either be one of two things. We're going to either be the drivers of that progress quote fingers again, or, you know, we're going to be um, drug along for the ride by the consumer, the uneducated consumer, or, you know, just even, even just the educated consumer. So, you know, I don't want to say that consumers aren't educated, don't get me wrong, but um, for the most part, when we, when you break down and you talk about Prop 12 with people in California, which being a, City boy from California originally, I know quite a few. When I talk to those folks, they have no idea what it is they voted for. They, no, they don't understand the ramifications of what happened. All they know is that uh, it was brought to them is do they want pigs to be treated right? Well, yes, they do. And, and who doesn't, right? Everybody wants pigs to be treated fairly, humanely, um, you know, but that's all they knew. And so I think it's a failure on our part by not. Um, explaining the wonderful things that we do and the awesome, the awesome technology that we have that's available today, the systems that we have already in place. We, we don't need to go out and reinvent the wheel and do all kinds of new things, but you know, 
we already are doing some great things. We, we work with a lot of great companies. And uh, one of the things that we um, stress in that company and when working with those companies is that every member of your team, it's important that every member of your team know and understand your value, right? If I'm the producer of, of this, this uh, herd of animals uh, at, at the top level, I think everybody has an awesome outlook. Everybody that I know in, in high level positions has an awesome outlook, ideal and want to do the best thing for all three of those things that we talked about, you know, and, and for the outcome of safe product at the end. Um, but it's important that we as an industry get that information all the way down to Joe, who's checking the feeder every day, right? Just Absolutely. Everyday Joe, who's, who's, who's doing the, the legwork and getting things done. Does he understand the guy that owns the, you know, owns the company or the, or the gal that's uh, setting the, that uh, owns the company sets a, sets a process up. Does he understand what she wants? Does, does he understand what the values of, of the company is? And uh, I find that when they do, when folks do know and understand what's expected of them, they do better. Absolutely. And I guess on that, when we look at animal welfare, to have a positive welfare is to have a positive quality of care. To have a positive quality of care, to have a healthy herd, in theory. So why do we perceive good welfare as being so hard? I think what? it comes back to where we talked about um, being bracketed and, and different areas of, of thought. Okay, so for example, when when we set in meetings and set policy and talk about things, we do get some um, pushback from, from producers, you know, that are afraid of, of things being becoming too stringent or, in, you know, creating a situation where it's unprofitable to, to do business. But being able, uh, being in a position that I'm in, I'm able to see both sides. And when I go to the farms and when I see the the caretakers at the farm, you know, what they're doing is a lot of times better than, than what's expected of them. And uh, so I don't think it's, it's hard to have a good welfare system. I think what's hard is understanding it, getting it, getting it equal across all the way across the board and then explaining it. It's one of the things that we as an industry struggle with is explaining how good of a job we really do. Going Are we looking tell people, hey, you're doing a great job. It's time to take credit for that. Are we looking for an easy button at the top, you think? Do you think that as leaders of an industry, we're we're trying to make it as simple and and predictable as possible? And and because of that, we're we're overcomplicating it, or why do you think you're seeing that huge difference in, in the farm versus what we would I guess be talking about outside of it? I really think that it's just a per, uh, a perception of, you know, feeling as though you're being attacked mm. as, as the problem from the producer side that they, they feel as though things are being forced upon them in, in a way that's, you know, uh, going to be not conductive to them. And I, I fully understand that. I get it. I understand why they feel that way because like we talked about a few minutes ago, they have been drug by the consumers or progressive 
portion of this, you know, traditionally drug up to the table. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it, it doesn't have to be that way, not because they have to rush out and, and make a bunch of radical changes. They just have to do what they say they do and then show it because they're doing a really good job. And um, getting that message out and across to everybody is, is I think, what's most important. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'd kind of like to dive in here, kind of a tangent, is the consumer is kind of driven by fear. The producer is too. We're also afraid of the consumer. And I don't know if the consumer knows that. It's like we're doing the right things, but we're afraid that any day we're going to be told that we feel like we've been abused, right? Like like, a, like an individual that's been abused is like, you're constantly waiting. What's the next pin to drop? What's the next thing that's going to hit me across the head? And it's not necessarily creating the best environment for, for teams either. And when we look at a digital age where phones are so heavily driving society, I mean, there's some systems where you can't even have a phone. And that's going to become a really difficult opportunity when it comes to individuals looking at an industry. Well, I can go work at a McDonald's or I can go work at a Walmart. And I can have my phone all day. But if I go into a pig farm, I don't necessarily have my technology. It's like the risks, the risks and the things we're worried about, what negative side effects of that might be getting to the actual person at the end of the day who's taking care of the animal because of some of those those concerns. Are there any? Well, I think you're absolutely right it, in their feeling attacked. And, and traditionally, we've been attacked. You know, I mean, as an industry, we've been attacked with, with undercover videos and different things. And, you know, um, these attacks and these undercover videos, they show a minority, a very, very slim minority of, of what's going on out there. It's not... It's not uh, the reality, but everybody is is attacked the same across the board in those situations. Um, and everybody has become defensive because of it. You know, uh, uh, I got bit by a dog once. I, I hear a dog barking. I walk on the other side of the street as I'm walking down the street. It's, it's just natural behavior, you know, um, to protect yourself. And I, I just really keep pushing and keep talking about how we, we turn that corner and go from reactive to proactive. Um, and it's not that big of a jump is, is the message I think we need to get across. We just, we just need to get there. So we've talked a little bit now multiple times about being dr- leading or being led, drug in the dirt. Why do you think we are constantly being drug in the dirt for so long. There has to be some element where we're almost finding comfort in it, or there's a financial reason. Why, why is it so consistent that we're being drugged? You know, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I think that we're, okay. we're consistently being attacked um, from the, from the extremist on the, on the other side of, of what we do. There's, there's a uh, there you know a minority of people out there that who want to who who no matter what we do no matter how good we do as an industry or how much care we take with animals they don't agree with what it is that we do sure. and so sure. they they they're they're seeking ways and and sometimes that's in huge huge efforts they'll spend months and months on on multiple farms trying to gather you know 60 seconds worth of negative footage and uh, to, or, or twisting 
things that are out of context. And, and so we continue to be attacked. And I think the perception is, is that because of that, even if when it's that, that, you know, forceful of an attack when they're that patient that they'll wait for months and months to get 30 seconds or 60 seconds worth of footage spread across multiple farms, you know, we get kind of throw our hands up in the air sometimes and say, well, what can we do? We just do the best we can. They're going to find a way to do it anywhere. Mm. And that I think is the, is the area that we can improve on. We can stop throwing our hands in the air and say, okay, so what is our plan? And the plan should always be that they should be able to spend years there before they get 60 seconds worth of negative footing. Right. Yeah. be the ideal that that it's that it takes them longer and longer and longer and longer to find it because human nature is people are going to do things that are outside the control um, of managers for unknown reasons i've seen really smart people with really good intentions do really silly things you know and when they're waiting that long to get that video it's it's important that we can go back and instead of saying, you know, well, we fired that guy, we did this and we did that, what would be better if we could say, well, yeah, Joe did that, but Joe was taught this, 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 and this. Here is the training that Joe received. You know, Joe knew better than to do that, but he did it anyway. And, you know, that for me would be a better response of, well, we fired Joe. Yeah, a better PR approach versus, hey, we let him go. Everybody understands that people make do silly things. Every every reasonable person out there knows that you know the smartest the smartest guy will you know will bet on a loser every every once in a while. So you know we have to make sure that we're um, you know we have to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward as an industry. And that takes me back to that original comment about does everybody on your team know what your values are? What are you doing to make sure that they do? So before we wrap things up, I'd like to close with two questions. The first one, what's something about you most of your colleagues do not know? <laughs> How about the, uh, maybe I had the beautiful long hair in the 80s. They probably didn't know that. There you go. So you were <laughs> a surfer guy from California with uh, long, long golden hair. No, no, don't no. Always dark, dark brown, but dark brown and curly. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So point break. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what's a word of wisdom you'd like to leave? A golden nugget for listeners that they can take home and 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 say, you know, I learned this from Jason's life experiences. <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, I, I think that the most important thing that we can do to be better as an industry is just listen, listen to uh, our employees. Listen to our transporters, listen to our consumers, listen to the animals, you know, and and uh, and what they're telling us that's best. Um, each one of those has a story to tell. And so listening and, and taking the big picture in is is important. And then, um, you know, of course, making sure that everybody understands. Well, thank you, Jason, for joining the Popular Pig podcast. It's been a real pleasure to have you on and, and we wish you the very best. All right. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Thank you.